to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Left Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 231 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. All Lap Traffic Nations, this week's show is not brought to you by Manscaped, but it will be once again in the very near future. Yes, uh, you guys uh, knocked it out of the park uh, with using the code and all that, and Manscaped will be back for a long-term contract. I am so excited about that. Thank you guys so much. Uh, man, hope you all had a great weekend. Hope it was dry, at least where you were at. Um Man, uh, something about Monday races, man. It, it, they, they always seem to deliver, and it's unfortunate because there's less fans at the track and less eyes on the TV. But, man, oh, I am so excited for tonight's show because, one, there's a lot going on. Two, because it was great racing. You know, uh, talked about this race at length. I mean, we were talking about it last year in the offseason, uh, you know, from the drop of the green flag at Daytona, we've all been talking about what are we going to get Bristol dirt, you know, with all the concerns, all the excitement. Is it a gimmick? Is it not a gimmick? Are they going to wreck? Is it going to be a wreck? Fit? You know, what are we going to get? Well, we finally know what we got and what we know is that we don't want rain. Uh, at Bristol in March. Uh, you know, we may be talking the same talk next year because, uh, hey, we're going back to Bristol dirt. And I'm going to get into that a little bit uh, w- w- when I get to the, the, the racing discussion, all that kind of stuff. But it was fantastic. I mean, listen, Sure. Are, could there be improvements? Absolutely. Will they make improvements? Absolutely. But, you know, when we look at what we would get at Eldora on the truck race, we got a phenomenal truck race. And yes, you could say Martin Truex Jr. ran away with it. Here's here's the piece that I'll offer you with that. And that is that, you know, as maybe they do more of these, uh, maybe we don't get as many cup guys running it, uh, you know, or maybe we do. I don't know. Doesn't matter to me. I loved every second of it. Uh, they were sliding. They were, they, they, as you're going to hear from Grant Enfinger in a little bit, uh, he absolutely loved it. The drivers had a blast once they were finally able to get rolling. And then the cup race, the cup race delivered, uh, you know, a couple cluster bleep spots, you know, on that front stretch, that one rack, you know, but hey, you know, I, I'll take that all day over a big one at Daytona or Talladega. Um, you know, there was passing, there was move. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just blown away and, and just so, so happy that it wasn't the bad that we were talking about. You know, social media blew up over the rain delay. Oh, that's why they, you know, you can't, the rain would have canceled the freaking if it, they were running on the concrete. So, uh, you know, everybody just sometimes just wants a reason to complain. Um, and I am so glad Monday delivered. Um, and like I said, we'll get into all that in a little bit. For also, we are seven for seven. I'm so excited about that. Seven races, seven different winners with still a bunch of guys that we know are going to get a win this year. Uh, now, that trend might end uh, after the Easter break when we pick things back up at Martinsville. Hashtag Martin Truex Jr. Um, but... We'll just have to see. I still think there's the potential to get to 11, 12 different winners easily. 
this year. So uh, we got that to talk about. Uh, thank you, NASCAR, for switching the lap stages. I, ever since they came out with the stages, I have been the biggest uh, proponent of getting them to flip-flop the stages. I, I just, you know, when you're trying to create excitement, right, that's what they're trying to do, in my opinion, with building in breaks in a race to rack them up again, why would you have the third stage as your longest stage, you know? So they flip-flop that, and our third stage was the shorter stage this weekend. You know, that's a little bit more dirt track racing related there i think uh they ended up going a single file restarts just to keep things under control a little bit um you know and those are things that i think they'll, they'll be able to work out down the road uh as they got 12 months to get ready for the next one but uh i i am a big fan if nascar wanted to switch the the stages and make the third stage the th shortest stage you would not hear any complaints from me on that. Ah, uh, man, wow, uh, what a rant. Sorry about that, guys. We haven't even done much yet. Uh, what'd you guys do this weekend? Well, uh, if you guys recall from last week's show, uh, Lindsay's birthday was last week. So, uh, at a little birthday celebration for Lindsay, uh, she is so awesome, tolerant of my BS on a daily basis. She supports this show to no end, uh, which if it wasn't for her level of support, uh, you know, the effort and the amount of work and the bonus shows and the Twitter and the show and the giveaways wouldn't happen. Uh, so when big events like her birthday come around, I try to go big with her. So we left town for a couple days, uh, got back into town Saturday afternoon with with aspirations of watching some Saturday night truck racing, which was not uh, in the cards nor was it on sunday but uh, uh fortunately we did get some michigan basketball in which i'll get to that with aaron studwell a little later and uh sunday mm, smoked a beautiful brisket which i was very excited about and getting ready to smoke this weekend as well got uh some ham some uh pork loin we're gonna stuff that bad boy very excited um lap traffic nation if you haven't checked out last week's show with Sherwin from the PETM podcast, make sure you go check out episode 230. And if you haven't checked out their show from last week as well, uh, they had former NASCAR president Brent Dewar on the show. Go check that out. A uh, couple more plugs. This week, the second installment of the jayski.com bonus show with Dustin Albino is going to come out Thursday. We're going to record on Thursday as well. So if you got any questions, topics, etc., cetera, uh, that you want us to talk about, please send them my way. Um, go check out 92.9 The Ticket. I was on their morning show this morning to recap Bristol and, and Racing on Dirt. Retweeted that out. You can listen. Uh, you, can re, you can replay the uh, nine-minute interview there. And, guys, a couple things. One, when the truck race got rained out, did a giveaway uh, Saturday night, which I think I found the new way to do giveaways because I picked up a bunch of followers, got a lot of interaction. Uh, so thank you to Valvoline, who sent me an incredible prize pack box full of stuff like i can probably do about five or six more uh giveaways with all of the stuff they sent me so be on the lookout for that uh, yes that includes mark martin bobbleheads as well uh and also and then we'll get into some real content here um 
I'm sure you guys saw on Twitter, I announced it last week, uh, the truck charity challenge that I did. And that was just a way to try to, to give back to, to my local community and to encourage people to give back, uh, you know, through having some fun with NASCAR. If you missed it, um, what I did was I challenged people to make a pledge uh, based on how many laps in the truck race were led by a cup driver, uh, whether that was a quarter, 50 cents, a dollar, $10, you know, whatever was was feasible for you to then take that and go donate that. My charity uh, was the official charity of the Lap Traffic Podcast, Freddie the Pizza Man's Autism Charity here in Metro Detroit. Uh, both guys from PETM Podcast, Yonker Motorsports, and Brent Duar also made pledges to Freddie the Pizza Man. I know there were a lot of Victory Junction Victory Junction pledges out there, the Red Cross. Uh, I know Mick Rose, I think, had one for the veterans. Just some great causes. Uh, over $1,400 was pledged and, and um, should have been uh, – uh, donated there, which is just incredible. Like just to be able to to rally some people together uh, to make donations to some great causes. That was awesome. Uh, definitely, we'll look to do that again in the near future. I just thought that was a perfect opportunity. Bunch of Cup guys in the truck race. Let's have some fun with that and and give back. So the uh, first ever hashtag Truck Charity Challenge uh, was a massive success, as far as I was concerned. Oh, all right. What's coming up tonight, 10 minutes in? Woo! Well, uh, Kevin Nevelin from NASCAR is going to talk about the Advanced Auto Parts Advance My Track Challenge, which is really cool. Uh, they talked about it on the broadcast. Ryan Blaney was sporting the uh, logo for this thing, so he'll be on in just a second. Uh, and during the truck talk, Grant Enfinger is going to be back, fresh off his sixth-place finish at Bristol this weekend, to give us a firsthand uh, take on what it was like running the truck on dirt at Bristol. Uh, let's see. Social media shout-outs. Aaron Studwell will be on. Hey, there's no forecast since they, we, we all got an off week this week, but hell, we'll get Aaron on, talk a little college basketball, Michigan playing tonight, 10 o'clock. That's a little late, but hey, we'll, we'll suffer through that. Some lucky dogs lap down and a uh, condensed fantasy since we don't have any picks to make. But So lots to do tonight. Let's keep things rolling. Let's get Kevin on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his first appearance on the Lap Traffic Podcast. He is NASCAR's weekly racing operations senior director. Welcome to the Lap Traffic Podcast, Kevin Neveline. Kevin, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Brandon. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I'm doing great. Uh, sitting here in, in sunny Daytona Beach and excited to talk a little bit about some short track racing. Absolutely, man. I, I mean, you don't have to rub in sunny Daytona Beach up here in Michigan in March, man. <laughs> don't rub it in too much. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly is nice here. But you know what? You got some some sunny days ahead. Springtime in March or in uh, Michigan is certainly nice. Yeah, that it is. That it is, man. Uh, before we get into, uh, you know, some short track stuff here, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk college basketball with with anybody that's calling in right now are you a are you into the march madness i, I imagine your bracket has busted like everybody else's but uh, where, you know who are you pulling for right now 
Yeah, it's uh, my bracket is is definitely busted. It, it, I grew up in Minnesota, so that didn't start off all that great for me um, with the Gophers this year. So I'm uh, watching a little bit of hockey right now. But um, no, you know, college basketball is awesome, and certainly the bracket is uh, is unique. Uh, I did watch a couple of games yesterday, but I'm I don't know that I have a, a favorite that I'm actually pulling for. All right. Well, I mean, Michigan's always looking for new fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, they certainly they certainly have looked strong. That yes. is for sure. Yes. <laughs> so listen, Kevin. So uh, Matt Humphrey reached out, asked if I'd be interested in having you on to talk about the Advance My Track Challenge, which I was like, this week would be so perfect for that because we'd be coming off the heels of some dirt racing at Bristol, talking a little short track, and we could talk some Bristol. But uh, Mother Nature, unfortunately, has had different plans. So the racing's happening tonight. <laughs> we can still have some fun, though. Um, but, you know, real quick, give everyone the, the 411 on Kevin. Uh, you mentioned for Minnesota, a small northern Minnesota town. Uh, how'd you go from that to uh, ops director for NASCAR? <laughs> uh, it's been a journey for sure. But, you know, I grew up in, as you said, northern Minnesota, Hibbing, Minnesota, to be uh, specific, and and really was was drawn to a neighbor that had a race car at a young age and and began turning wrenches on, on a dirt car uh, up there and, and did that kind of through high school and, and college and ended up with an internship uh, at NASCAR working uh, actually underneath uh, Steve O'Donnell and his his team back in uh, the early 2000s and and um, been kind of in the short track world ever since. So I'm um, really enjoying it and, uh, you know, just uh, enjoying visiting tracks and, and being part of the sport. That's awesome. What's uh, what's your what's your day to day like pre covid and what's your day to day like now during, you know, still amidst the pandemic <laughs> a little bit? Man, it's um, what a what a what a year it's been for for everyone, and and certainly I think we were building a lot of momentum, uh, you know, pr- previous to to COVID, really last year in March, and and really that day to day was was certainly building relationships from, um, you know, our, our series sponsor, Advanced Auto Parts, and and the weekly series tracks that are in our program, and and trying to continue to, to champion short track racing and, and grassroots racing. And, uh, you know, really came off a great speed week last year and really a lot of momentum, not, not just for, for NASCAR, but our short track program, um, with, with bringing on a new sponsor with advanced auto parts and kind of had to put that on pause a little bit and, and really try to learn and, and figure out how to manage and help our tracks manage, um, through the pandemic. And certainly, NASCAR has been at the forefront of that at the national level and, and certainly some, some big learnings that our short tracks have, have gone through. And um, it's, it's certainly been a challenge and certainly applaud all those tracks across the country that, that have found a way to operate um, during a certainly uh, challenging and, and difficult time. And um, I think they've, they've done a great job. And I think that's, you know, the, the short track world has set themselves up to, to have success once we kind of come out of this pandemic. And uh, so really couldn't applaud them uh, enough really for the, for the efforts that they've put forth because they're, they're putting their hard earned uh, money on the line week in and week out. Absolutely. You know, when you, when you think about the short tracks versus, you know, like you mentioned, you know, NASCAR on a national level um, you know, for the most part of it, you know, the short tracks 
aren't getting TV time. They're not getting commercial dollars. You know, they might have something with, you know, one of the, the streaming websites or something like that, you know, that people can pay a small subscription fee to maybe they get a little piece of that. But from the grand scheme of things, you know, your local short tracks are, are making money on ticket sales and, and maybe local sponsors and, and all that. So the importance of getting out to your local short track, if you have one uh, by you, is, is crucial once the gates open. Oh, 100%. I mean, the, the business model at this level is, is certainly, um, you know, fan oriented, the, the short track racers and, and racing is family friendly. It's, it's all about, you know, getting out and supporting that local community and, and bringing your family out for a reasonable price. But the promoters rely on, on just about every dollar to make it work. So whether that's concession revenue or sponsorship and, and sponsors are hard to come by when, when there's not as many fans in the grandstands, uh, you know, a lot of tracks are operating at limited capacities or without fans. So it certainly turned a lot of the short tracks kind of upside down in, in a lot of ways. But, um, you know, like I said earlier, they've, they've certainly championed through it. And, and we know there's an appetite for, for fans to get back to the, back to the tracks and, and, you know, they're, they're working hard to do it as safely as they, as they can and, and manage the pandemic. Uh, it's just kind of the times we're in. It's certainly been stressful for, for many, many people, but, um, you know, excited to work hard at it and, and looking forward to what's to come. Absolutely. All right, man. So talk about it. Uh, we're, we're a little bit, about a month away, April 27th. Uh, the Advance My Track Challenge uh, is going to kick off. Uh, talk a little bit about that how, and how the fans can have a role in who wins uh, this event. Yeah, you know what? Um, this is really a, a big shout out to Advanced Auto Parts, and I think just coming off of that discussion about the pandemic, they they're really focused on giving back to the community. They're really trying to to advance local communities, kind of plant their advanced flag in the communities, and really help. Um, you know, a, a, a little bit of a pun here, but advance racing, advance racers, and, and give people the opportunity. And so this advance my track challenge really came up on a, it's a way for, um, you know, racetracks to submit an entry to share their story about their racetrack and their community and why it's important to their community. And advanced auto parts is going to give the winning track, uh, $50,000, um, to their community to, you know, whether to go towards capital improvements or community funds, you know, they, they realize how important these communities are and, and short track racing is so instrumental in those communities. So, uh, a great opportunity for a track to win $50,000. That's a big deal for, for a short track. So, um, and what's cool about it is fans can go into the website. It's advancemytrack.com. They can check out and we have 22 of our, um, about 50 racetracks that have submitted a, an application. So each, each track has their own story to tell and, all the videos on the website are kind of unique and different for each venue. And uh, it's pretty cool. I've spent a lot of time in there. And I think a lot of the tracks did a really good job. A lot of, a lot of cool stories. And, you know, we've got tracks from Alaska to, to Newfoundland to Florida to California, kind of all across the country. So uh, certainly encourage fans to get in there and, and again, advancemytrack.com and check it out. That's really cool. Uh, this is uh, encompasses uh, North America and Canada, which is really cool. Um, you know, who would have thought local short track racing in Alaska? That's that's just crazy. But hey, <laughs> I'm sure they love some racing up there too. Um, talk about the the uh, elimination process. How are we going to go from 22 down to one? 
Yeah, good question. So the fan, so as you mentioned, fans can vote from from now until April 27th, and the top six vote getters will move on to the next round. And so, basically, after April 27th, they'll tally up all the votes, and then they're going to have a kind of a highlight series. So each each day between April 27th and then Darlington weekend, they're going to highlight uh, each of the six finalists. And then the we- the website will open back up the weekend of Darlington, I believe, which is May 9th and 10th. So the, the day of the Darlington Cup race and then the following day, there'll be two days uh, for final voting. So the six tracks uh, will be open to cast your vote on those two days on Darlington weekend. And then the winner will be announced, I believe, on May 12th. So there'll be a first place, uh, which will get $50,000. Second, uh, the second place track will get 15000 And third place will get 10000 So uh, $75,000 uh, going back into the, <clears throat> into the short track communities from Advanced Auto Parts is a pretty unique deal and, and certainly excited to have them as a partner to, to bring this to light. That's really cool. Um, you know, I, I love, I love that that NASCAR is has gotten on board with trying to uh, help and and bring to light just you know outside of the national attention spotlight that the three main national touring series get, uh, you know, to encourage people to go and take you know the little kids out to the track on a Friday night, you know, get them hyped up and and to learn some different drivers to to become fans of different drivers and you know watch them grow through their career. That's that's how new fans are there and you know it's 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 it just incredible it, it really is and i love that advanced auto parts is doing this um i, I love the pun on the play on words advanced uh, lab traffic nation knows i love good puns so this is just a really <laughs> cool story i love that they're doing that um kind of a, a little bit march madness elimination style there in terms of you know we're going to cut it down from 22 to 6 to 1 uh that's it's it's awesome um you know uh, Highlight some of the tracks. Do you know any off the top of your mind, head? You know what some of the tracks are, where they're at. Um, you know that that stick out to you. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> absolutely. I mean, I think it's uh, hard for me to pick a favorite, and there there is a good balance of, of asphalt, dirt, different parts of the country. Um, you know, I did mention Alaska. You, you mentioned it. it's a pretty neat place um, to to visit, um, and a cool story there uh, in Michigan. Actually, Berlin Raceway, which is uh, over by Grand Rapids, they've submitted an entry. Um, they've uh, Jeff, got a pretty Jeff cool Striegel's, uh favorite racetrack. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jeff's uh, Jeff's pretty uh, active there at Berlin. Lynn and they got a good team in place so that you know that place is cool there in, in the Michigan area um, but really a lot of great tracks and you know w- whether the tracks are are in this particular challenge or not we've got a great great group of racetracks really and and uh, excited that we've got 22 of them that submitted to the challenge you know we kind of came out with this really kind of I don't want to say late it's really early in the season to really kick things off but we really didn't start planning this until kind of almost the beginning of the year so it's it's come a long ways in a short amount of time um, but to have 22 tracks in there 22 great stories I'm certainly excited to see uh, to see who's who's going to come out on top I tell you I don't have access to see kind of the tallies of where things are at but I know there's a, a lot of people voting and these short tracks are calling and, and emailing us in just to every day how we doing how we doing so that's awesome uh, 
Yeah, we know we're generating a lot of excitement, and, and like I said, we're telling some really cool stories about grassroots racing, and you know that's really where everyone gets their start, right? So whether you're a, a driver, a crew person, a fan, a sponsor, um, there's so many unique stories at this level, and, and we know it transcends all the way up to the National Series, and I think what's cool about this is, you know, we're, we're talking about this, and, and people hear about it after the Bristol race, but, you know, Ryan Blaney and Team Penske has the advanced colors flying today at Bristol, um, and the advanced my track challenge uh, uh, identification is going to be on that car and in car and some other things. So trying to bring as much exposure to this level of support of the sport and uh, to have a partner like team Penske and advanced auto parts is uh, certainly a good way to kick things off. Absolutely. I was going to, I was going to mention that next, how cool of a race win diecast would that be covered in dirt with the advanced my track logo <laughs> on it? That that's, that would be a, a diecast to get. That's for sure. Lap traffic nation. <laughs> um, no doubt. It's, uh, it's pretty, Pretty neat, and uh, you know, a big plug to to, to Advance and, and Penske. Each week, uh, you won't see it this weekend because Advance has the paint out on the car. But each each of the weeks that Advance isn't the primary, they're putting two of our short tracks on the C post uh, on the number 12 cup car. So each, uh, each week, some of our short tracks are getting a little exposure, um, you know, some social media exposure and other things. And, and just another way to give back and try to educate fans about grassroots racing. That's awesome. All right, Kevin, I will definitely be tweeting out the, the link for everybody to go vote here uh, over the next month or so. That's for sure. Uh, but hit the website for everybody one more time and tell everybody where they can give you a follow at if they want on social media. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Advancemytrack.com is, is the voting website. Um, my Twitter handle is at KNEV33. Um, but for all grassroots, uh, NASCAR grassroots stuff, you can always follow at NASCAR Roots. Kind of gives you the ins and outs of our weekly program along with all of our touring and, and our ARCA platform. So a couple of spots there. But again, advancemytrack.com. Check it out. Lots of cool stories. And uh, looking forward to seeing a winner here in about a month. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited. Uh, Lap Traffic Nation, huge thanks to Kevin from NASCAR for calling in to talk about the Advanced Auto Parts Advanced My Track Challenge. Kevin, thanks for coming on. Maybe uh, maybe we can get you the track winner and Advanced Auto Parts on here sometime in May. Hey, that sounds like a plan to me. Happy to do it and uh, certainly appreciate the time and appreciate you for putting this together and all your fans of, of the show. Looking forward to uh, seeing how it turns out. Uh, appreciate you, man. Uh, take care, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate yeah. it. Take care. All right, Lab Traffic Nation, that was Kevin from NASCAR talking about the Advance My Track Challenge. Just such a cool opportunity. I love that Jeff Striegel's uh, Berlin Raceway is uh, being represented in that. That's very cool. Uh, all right. Uh, what do you say we talk some racing action from this past uh, Monday at Bristol on the dirt? Okay, so I'm going to start with the trucks. I'm going to talk about a couple of the things that, uh, yes, just took a sip. Yep, not even going to lie about that. That I want to talk about and highlight first, and then uh, I'll get Mr. Grant Enfinger on the line. So as I mentioned at the start of the show, the Truck Charity Challenge was just awesome. Raised over $1,400, $1,500 there, which is just great. Thank you to everybody that uh, made some pledges during that. Um, all right, the favorites, Larson, Friesen, Briscoe. Oh, man. All right, so here's where I'm going to start with that, and that is uh, a lot of people in Lab Traffic Fantasy doubled down on Larson for both the truck and the cup race, and uh, it did not pay off. I did not double down. I didn't take Larson. I didn't take Bell. I didn't take Friesen. Uh, so you would think I, I maybe would have made up some ground. 
we'll get to that a little later on in the show tonight. But uh, no, because even when I don't do what everyone else does, I still can't can't do anything. Uh, I digress. Uh, pit stops. How crazy was it to see these three minute pit stops? Um, with the mechanics fab guys out there. I mean, just Lottie dying around out there. Like, give them a cigarette, well, you know, while they're at it. You know, let's let's really go old school with it. That's probably frowned upon, not encouraged or endorsed, but you know, it's just crazy. Um, you know, as I mentioned at the start, you know, this thing delivered just like Eldora, as far as I was concerned. Trucks was fantastic. Who Martin Truex Jr. coming out of nowhere to dominate the race over some dirt uh, ringers, some truck regulars that have a ton of dirt experience. Like, I mean, that's what I love about it is that not only was it a great race, but we got unexpected winners in both the truck and the cup race. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. went f- the, won the first four stages of the day, won all two in the truck plus the truck race, and won the first stage in stage one of the cup race. Like, I mean, it was just a crazy day, and I loved every single second about it. Uh, you know, Larson, man, who would have thought Larson was going to get involved in a wreck? John Hunter Nemechek. But then you know, you had guys that came out of nowhere. You know, Kevin Harvick finished 15th in the trucks. Uh, you know, Kevin Harvick, it was funny. You know, I'm sure you guys all saw it. You know, when, when Rodney told him they were coming back, radio silence, which I'm kind of surprised about because he wheeled that truck. He talked about how much fun he had in the cup car in practice. Uh, you know, I just think they had a bad day, missed it, which they've been missing it a lot. Um, but uh, I, I, something tells me Kevin will be happy Harvick uh, by the time they roll around here next next March. That's for sure. Uh, how about Parker Kligerman? Picking up a top 10 finish. that That's crazy. Bubba Wallace, top 11 finish. That's awesome. You know, Haley Deegan, top 20. You know, that's that's pretty good uh you know she's got some dirt experience i, I kind of maybe thought that might be a race for her to shine at but you know that's all right um all right that's enough rambling let's get somebody that knows what the hell they're talking about let's get mr grant Enfinger back on the line all right lap traffic nation joining me on the line making a sixth appearance on the lap traffic podcast he also has six wins in the truck series and finished sixth this past monday in the inaugural dirt race at bristol in the truck series he's the co-driver the number 98 with thor sport racing welcome back to the show grant and finger grant what's going on man how are you Man, I'm doing good. Just uh, doing a little uh, resting up and uh, and catching up from the from the marathon we had at Bristol this past weekend. Oh man! So I mean, you got you know the trucks, man. To, to hold over that many days, man, that that drains some resources, that drains energy, that drains time. Uh, how'd you guys keep busy and 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 all that during the monsoon that Tennessee got? It, it was pretty tough to, to to keep busy. Yeah, like like you mentioned, there there was a ton of rain there in uh, in Bristol, and um, you know, fortunately uh, for for us, not none of our uh, immediate guys had any issues. But I know there was a lot of campers down there at the bottom of the hill that, that had to move and, and get their stuff out, and some stuff flooded. And um, man, just uh, amazing to see how many how many fans were, were able to to stay over for the race yesterday. Um, so much buzz and excitement over this dirt race, and uh, I don't I don't. Feel 
feel like, uh, from my perspective, I don't feel like it disappointed any. Uh, just, just say we had to uh, hold it over till Monday. You know, that that's the bummer, right? And at least, for, you know, for, for me, too, it's, it's like, you know, there was so much negativity on social media over the 48 hours of that, like, rain hold. And, you know, I, 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 was, cons- I was a little lyrious about what we were going to get with the cup. I knew the trucks were going to be great. We've seen the trucks at Eldora, which have been fantastic. Uh, and I think everybody was pleasantly surprised. I just wish it would have been, you know, at scheduled time so people could have, have more people could have watched it in person and on the TV. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So I, I think it put something different, something out of the norm. I, I think, uh, you know, we've uh, we, we've kind of been accustomed to, to, to there's so many mile and a half on the schedules and, and uh, a little bit of uh, even though this is racing and, and it's wide open uh, each and every lap, it's uh, it's just so many of those mile and a half races. I think NASCAR is finally, you know, paying attention to that a little bit and, and changing some things up and, uh, and trying to trying to make the fans happy is uh, as hard as that is uh, to, to make all of us happy sometimes. <laughs> um but uh, but I know from from the driver's standpoint and all the fans I talk to, everybody uh, really really enjoy the dirt race. That's awesome, man. Um, all right, uh, let let's take a left turn here real quick, man. Uh, I know you're 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 an Alabama guy, man, and we should be getting hyped up for some Michigan Alabama basketball tonight. Uh, can, can I make you an honorary Michigan fan tonight since Alabama is not playing? You know, I'll be I'll be completely honest with you. I, I may lose some fans over this, but um, I didn't realize that they still play basketball until a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so I can tell you everything you want to know about Alabama football. I didn't realize they still played basketball. Oh, that's hysterical! I love it. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Oh, all right. So listen. So CJ Wolliver and I uh, did a show right before the start of the season, uh, and all we did was talk trucks. Uh, CJ has become a really good friend of the show. I know you guys are good friends. Uh, we talked a lot about Thor Sport Racing. Uh, you know I'm huge fans of you guys, and I was stunned when I heard the part-time announcement for you this year, uh, sharing the ride with Christian Eckes. And Christian's a great guy. He's been on the show a couple times, too. Uh, it's kind of it's it's a bummer, but you know it, there's two rides, two drivers getting a, a partial ride. Um, you won four times last year, made it through the playoffs. You know what was your take on and how that thing all shook out there? Yeah, no, I mean I was I was say I I was surprised as anybody. You know, it's just uh, unfortunate um, that that it that it happened the, the way it did. Um, but you know. You know, kind of uh, just a, a, that mindset that I'm going to make the most of it and go out there and and win races and, and perform and and uh, prove uh, that that I need to be back full time. Absolutely. So uh, that that that's really uh, my only mindset at this point. Um, yeah, it just uh, it it definitely still stings a, a bit. You know, it's it's not something uh, that that, uh, that that I liked or, or anything like that. Um, but it, you know, it's, uh, it's the business of racing sometimes. So, sure. um, Dick Thorson has been really, really good to me over the years. And, um, you know, he, he, uh, he, he had to make the decisions, uh, he needed to make for, for, uh, his race team. And, and that's what he chose to do. So we've, uh, we've had a, a great relationship through it all. Uh, but yeah, he, he knows I, I, I plan to be racing and, um, you know, there's, there's quite a few weekends, um, that, that I'm not scheduled with anything, uh, right now, but I, I plan on having something to do then. Excellent. Uh, whether it's a, a late model or, or a truck or or uh, arca car or xfinity or whatever so um i'm, I'm planning on uh, staying busy this year excellent man i'd love to see you in an xfinity ride hell yeah man <laughs> all 
Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk a, a little bit more in depth about uh, y- your race uh, yesterday afternoon. There, um, you know, you've got a great track record at Eldora, top twos, uh, third place, fourth place, uh, and now a sixth place finish uh, at Bristol. Uh, walk us through your day there. Uh, I know you guys stayed out after stage two. Uh, talk a little bit about that, and you know, being able to make it work and, and bringing home a top ten. Yeah, you know, I feel like um, Jared uh, Prince, our, our crew chief, had us a, a pretty good champion power equipment tundra all day. We we fired off uh, pretty decent, drove uh, drove towards the top five, and uh, and kind of steadied out there a little bit, and and then kind of faded back to sixth, seventh, eighth, um, and and we uh, made adjustments uh, at the end of the first stage, went ahead and took our tires then, which which most people did, um, made some adjustments for where we thought the track was going to go and um you know i knew we were going to give up a little bit in stage two but but uh myself and jared both were were kind of that mindset let's kind of uh take it easy on the tires and and you know just kind of see what options lay out there at the end of stage two and um at the end of stage two we we weren't a truck that that could contend for the win so uh we opted to stay out you we were one of uh, i think three trucks that that stayed out there and um you know i had to baby the tires a a little bit but i I think after two or three sequences it kind of evened out and uh we were able to to stick in there and and finish uh sixth and and i i think I think at the end of the day, it was probably a good call because we we didn't have a shot of the win. Otherwise, um, this actually gave us a little bit of a shot. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think overall it was a solid day. Not not a great day, but but uh, but definitely a solid day and, and something we can we can use to, to build some momentum on uh, going into Richmond. Absolutely. And hey, you know what? I mean, so they announced we're going back to Bristol, right? We're going to do it again next year. Uh, now you got a notebook, right? And And that will definitely help, I would imagine, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I tell you what, it, they're both dirt races, but it was drastically different at, uh, at Bristol from 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 what the, the tendencies that we had and, and what we were looking for at Eldora. So uh, from a driver's perspective, you know, there, there's laps, there, there's lots of times at Eldora, you, you're never wide open. And uh, Bristol, you know, we were we were hammered down the, the whole time. So um, definitely, definitely drove a, a good bit differently. So, all right. So I was going to ask you about that, you know. So, you know, everyone was talking about, oh, you know, we're, we're putting dirt on concrete. That's going to impact things. Uh, is that why you couldn't go wide open? Or, you, or talk a little bit about the comparison in there of you know adding dirt no. on top of concrete you know how how much did that really impact things out there yeah no our, our speeds were higher at bristol than than they were at eldora um and you know there there's times at eldora where i i wouldn't i would never the, the the gas pedal would never make it to the floor but but each and every lab there at, at, at bristol uh i, I I'm sure everyone was was wide open, um, but I, I think the banking probably had a lot to do with it. It's definitely more banking than uh, than what we have at Eldora. It's uh, it's tighter corners and straighter straightaways. So, um, you know, I I'm no dirt expert. I'm sure that the actual dirt that they put on there has a lot to do with with all that too, and, and how they prepare it. Um, but yeah, it was it was drastically different from uh from from the tendencies that 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 we fought and and uh and, and kind of what we were looking for at outdoor but but man from a driver's perspective it's it's just a blast it's a it's a blast being able to pitch it sideways and, and slide them around and uh move around on, on the track and, and hitting bumps and and uh 
and throwing up dust from a, from a driver's standpoint, it's just, uh, you, you can't get much better than that. That's awesome, man. All right. So, um, you know, uh, would you rather go back to Eldora, Bristol? Would you, would you, you got a place you'd like them to go to test and, and have some fun on some dirt, you know, down I'm, the road? I'm excited about going to Knoxville. I think, uh, I, I think that's a that's a true dirt track. Uh, you know, it's a place I've never been before. Um, but you know, I I commend NASCAR for uh, for putting dirt on Bristol, and, and I'm excited about them doing that again next year. Um, you know, and and uh, and they have so many. So man, there's a lot of good dirt tracks around there. I, I like I like the uh, the 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 atmosphere that that we had at Eldora. Um, I'm hoping we can duplicate that again at uh, in Knoxville. So I'm uh, I'm kind of looking forward to uh, to going to. To a, to a place I've never been before. That's awesome. I love it, man. Can't wait to see you out there. Uh, Grant, uh, where can everybody follow you on social media, sponsor shout outs, all that good stuff? Man, it's uh, it's really, really easy. So uh, on Twitter, it's just at Grant Infinger. The same thing with uh, with Facebook and Instagram. Try to uh, to keep everybody updated with uh, with what all is going on. And uh, yeah, absolutely, positively could not do anything um, worth that we're doing with without our good friends at Champion Power Equipment. Uh, man, bum, those those guys didn't get to stay for the race. We, we had uh, quite a few of those guys and their families out there uh, this weekend at Bristol. Um, but also uh, Blackstone Management, the, the guys that they, they keep all this going and and uh blaster and uh and also mike curve and, and everybody at curve records so so thank you to, to all of them for uh for allowing us to do this awesome man listen grant you know i'm rooting for you lap traffic nation loves you go out there kick some ass win some races and uh hopefully be able to catch up with you somewhere this summer at the track man sounds great thank all you very much we'll catch you later grant we'll see you Oh, Live Traffic Nation, there's Grant Enfinger. So cool. Uh, man, I love that he is a supporter of the show. He follows the show. Like, when, when you follow the show, I mean, that, that means something to me anyways. Uh, so just love talking to Grant. He's so awesome. Just a great guy. Uh, I think it's hysterical he didn't know Alabama still had a basketball team. That's great. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this cup, cup race here. Joey Logano. Who would have thought? Now, hey, Penske now has two of their guys with some trophies from this year. Now, if you had said, Brandon, hey, uh, pick the order in which uh, Team Penske is going to pick up their wins, uh, I would have gone Brad, Joey, maybe Joey, Brad, depending on, I'd have to go back and relook, uh, and, and Blaney Lass. Uh, I would have lost that bet hardcore because here we are waiting on Brad to pick up the win still as the last Penske guy. But, uh, you know, Martin Truex Jr., back out there, dominated uh, pretty much most of the early goings here. Um, he got caught up in one there a little bit at the end. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Mr. Plate Guy, Mr. Push It at the Plate Tracks. Look at him. Second place finish there. He was up front almost all day. Uh, Denny Hamlin, I, I mean, finished third in both stages, third in the race. Uh, but, I mean, the talk has to go to our fourth and fifth place finishers. Daniel Suarez, who was out there just kicking ass. Uh, I think his first time on dirt was last week when they uh, ran some practice in a modified. Uh, I, I mean, that's just inc inc incredible that this guy's never turned laps on dirt and is out there outrunning half the field. Um, I, I just, I love everything about that. Ryan Newman, uh, you know, 
out there with a top five finish. Uh, his post race is talking about, you know, hey, if they would have had a little bit more, they could have been up there contending for the win. Tyler Riddick was up there. Eric Jones was up there. Uh, what I love about the, what really set the tone for me once I saw that this thing was going to be a race was that we talk about Daytona and Talladega as being equalizers if you've got luck on your side of not being involved in the big one. Hey, you can have your fender tore up in a dirt race and, and come back and have a top five, top ten, even pick up a win. Uh, we've seen that at Martinsville in Bristol. These things don't aren't rolling into victory lane spotless, uh, like at a Kansas, for example. Um you know, so that w- once this was like, okay, oh wow, we're gonna have like a race. Um, you know, this is way more of an equalizer than Daytona or Talladega because you don't have to have luck necessarily on your side as well in terms of not being caught up in one. Uh, yeah, we did have a couple, but nothing like we would have at Talladega or Daytona, which that's what I love. Like Daniel Suarez picking up a fourth place finish means Daniel Suarez wheeled that car and outskilled everybody that finished behind him. Uh, you know, Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman knows how to drive a race car. We can poke fun of the fact that, you know, you know, he doesn't let anybody pass him. Ryan Newman can still drive a race car. Uh, you know, and some of these other guys that have finishes that we know can drive race cars were able to get solid finishes. And I love everything about that. That's that's the best part about it to me. Um you know, I, I normally talk, you know, last couple of seasons, I'm always talking about standings when I'm talking about the races. And, you know, I haven't really talked standings much, but I'm going to just highlight a couple things just to, you know, pinpoint some stuff. Uh, seven races in, seven winners, which is awesome. Uh, and when we look at who's in and who's not in and where things may eventually shake out, that's the key here. Uh, you know, Alex Bowman, 16th. You know, uh, I, I would imagine we all expect Alex Bowman to pick up a win. You know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is currently in 14th right now and in the playoffs if they started tomorrow. You know, uh, is is it fair to say expectations would shift him point-wise outside of the top 16? I mean, based on past experience, yeah, I'd say that's a fair assumption. You know, Michael McDowell still hanging on in 12th. You know, uh, had a couple of uh, oopsies there the last couple weeks. But, hey, you know, a uh, what did he finish here? 12th in the race, sitting 12th in standings. You know, it's... Is he going to fall out of the top 16? You know, maybe, maybe not. You know, is he going to be someone that is able to maintain pace and stay in and not knock somebody out with his win? Uh, assuming we don't get 17 winners, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, you know, Austin Dillon in. He made the playoffs last year. Christopher Bell's in. I think we expected him to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, pretty even keel as as far as everybody else is concerned. You know, Larson, you know, just having an unbelievable year. Did I expect him to be in the top 16, seven races in? Yes. Did I expect him to already have a win and should probably maybe have two, even three wins? No. So, you know, as far as that's concerned, we're really talking here. All right. Who else can go out there and steal one of these things and really make this thing interesting? So uh, that's where I'm at from the, uh, the, the standings perspective. I am ecstatic as all hell that they're going to do this again. And I, I talked about it at the start of the show in terms of, you know, going back to Bristol. 
you know, uh, I, I, if if I'm right on this, I understand why they're going back to Bristol. You know, because hey, Br- Bristol did an incredible job getting the track ready, all, all that stuff. And hey, hopefully next year they're able to pack even more fans in there because it was such great racing. I think people will go and see. You know, maybe people didn't go because ah, I don't want to waste money because I don't know what the product is going to be. Well, now we know what the product's going to be. People are going to want to go and take in that experience. So I 100% understand from the business side of things of why they're going to go back to Bristol. All the sense in the world. Now, if this stays uh, with us and this is something we're going to get, you know, uh, would it be nice to see them open it up and do it at an actual dirt track? Absolutely. Here's the one caveat, though, and I put this out on Twitter uh, over the weekend, was that the only reason why I could maybe see them not going to a traditional dirt track would be the fact of seating capacity. You know, if we still a year, two, three years from now, we have no idea what what we're going to be doing from a a distancing perspective and, and, you know, what's going to happen in the future. So if we still have to do that two, three years from now and we're going to a place that only holds 10 or 15,000 people, well, then you're really reducing the amount of people that you could bring into a, you know, a local short track that might be recognized on the Advance My Track Challenge. Um, you know, so that's why, you know, Bristol might be the place because it's so big. It's got such a large capacity that they can still possibly stretch things out and still maybe pack in you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40,000 people, even if we still have to, uh, you know, adhere to distancing guidelines and all that kind of stuff. So there's my rant. There's my take on that. Man, what a great, great Monday of racing. Doubleheader. Uh, that was fun. Um, so listen, I don't have any questions for you guys for tonight's show that I put out there because that's going to come out tomorrow. Uh, going to put some questions out there. And again, if you guys have any topics, any questions you want Dustin and I to talk about on Thursday, please feel free to uh, tweet them, DM them, email, whatever you want to do uh, over to me so that we can uh, work that into the show for sure. All right, let's keep things rolling with a little Lap Traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, the Lap Traffic Podcast, YouTube, the Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, at Lap Traffic PC. If you've made it this far into the show, go leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. And hey, go tell your friends. You can find the Lap Traffic Podcast on just about any podcast hosting platform that's out there. Um, giveaways, woo! Did some fun giveaways. Again, huge thanks to Valvoline for sending over a uh, huge box with some goodies in it. Did a giveaway Saturday night when the truck race wasn't running, and that was awesome. Uh, congrats to our uh, giveaway winner, Kevin, at The Hauntest Truth. Um, and less than 170 now away from giving away the Clint Boyer diecast and some lap traffic swag. Got some new follower shout-outs. Uh, Patrick Gaspar at PGaspar86, big iRacer and NASCAR fan from Georgia. Joshua Russell at Toyota Racing 83 big Matt Benedetto, Hamlin Bell, Truax fan from Kentucky. Uh, Scott, Scott, sorry. 
Sorry, dude. Not even going to try to butcher this one. Uh, Scott's at S Pirch 46 NASCAR fan and uh, iRacer painter. That's pretty cool. I'm guessing he develops paint schemes for the iRacing world. That's pretty cool. Uh, Matt at MI racing fan NASCAR fan from somewhere in Michigan. Always love to have fellow Michiganders follow the show, man. Uh, wonder where you're at in Michigan. Uh, hook, hit me up. Let me know. King at Scooby Fan 9, big Chase Elliott fan from Tennessee. And uh, Barnett at Barney Flagman, the iRacing virtual flagman. Uh, I think that's pretty cool that somebody created a parody count around that. That's awesome. Welcome to the show, everyone. Go tell your friends. Uh, don't forget to go check out the new and improved store on the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. I've got some comfortable hoodies out there. It, it literally feels like you're, you're getting a hug. That's how soft these hoodies are. T-shirts, mugs, all that good stuff. Uh, go check that out. And if you want stickers and a free koozie, all you have to do is fill out the contact page on the website, and I will send that to you for free. All right, enough shameless plugs, all that good stuff. Let's keep things rolling. Uh, let's get Mr. Aaron Studwell on. Let's talk a little March Madness for a few minutes. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, go blue. Joining me on the line, you can follow him on Twitter, at RaceWeather, along with Brian Newdorf at NASCAR underscore WXMAN. We don't have any forecasting to talk about, so we're just going to have some fun. We'll recap Bristol and some Michigan basketball. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Aaron Studwell. Sir, good evening. Go blue. Go blue. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm, well, I'd be better if I didn't have to stay up till about midnight tonight. I'd be great, freaking... 10 o'clock Michigan basketball tip. Like, did they not look at the East, the time zones of where all these schools are, are at? Like, why would you put the one East Coast school at a 10 o'clock tip? I don't understand, but hey, I digress. Um, I, wait a minute. I thought it was, oh, it's 8.57 my time. I thought it was 8.57 your time. No, 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 9.57. Yeah, I know. No, like, you, you do, but you do have a West Coast team in there, too. So. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. No, I know. Somebody's going to have to go late because, yep. uh, you get, yeah, you get, that way, man. Then you get Gonzaga, uh, USC going first. Put that way. Going, no, 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 no. That's wrong. I know. I know. <laughs> You make me sit here and think about it, and didn't, my first thought is, "It's wrong." Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, well, man, let's let's start with Bristol. Then we'll get into some basketball. What uh, what did you think, Bristol Dirt Racing? Uh, first, I guess uh, you know, uh, Newdorf called. He said rain was going to be coming in, and and sure oh, enough, yeah. sure enough, it did. Mud. Yeah, its name was mud. And here's the thing, you know, I, I know they tried Saturday and it wasn't going to work. I'm glad they called it early Sunday for public safety reasons, sure. because with the flooding they had, even if it was on uh, the pavement, even if there wasn't dirt, I, I, they may have had to postpone that race anyway. So did this thing stick around longer than expected, you know, or, or was was we got what was anticipated? We got what was anticipated. I was kind of figuring rain until the midday hours and then light shower and then some showers later. And they did have a second band go through, which wasn't unexpected. The bulk of the rain was out at 12 30, one o'clock. Uh, and I've actually saw some pictures later from there. There's blue sky. Um, it just wanted to be in a situation where we all saw the pictures of the parking lot. Yeah, those were and crazy. Then you, 
And if you're south of the track and that's where I've parked before and you're walking downhill and you're walking into this basin and there's lakes on either side there, the road is probably just underwater. Yeah. And there's a lot of campsites down there too. And I know they moved those people out to higher ground. That's nuts, man. Um, so break this one down for me. Totally unrelated. So, uh, up here, Metro Detroit today, beautiful sunny day, uh, you know, upper sixties, um thursday friday supposed to be in the 70s explain to me why tomorrow is going to be like 35 oh that's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) from when we're talking right now you do have a cold front moving across the state uh you're gonna have a ridge of high pressure across central canada feeding a pretty warm arctic air down our cold geez cold arctic air blah yeah I know you're you're cold up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but then you've got that ridge moving off pretty quickly. You've got low pressure center over Texas, and that's just going to allow you to move back up. It's a fairly fast moving system on the ridge, and you just wind up getting nice southerly, southwesterly winds coming in and uh, pumping you back up on the temp side. Excellent. It, I, I, and uh, then then snow in Pennsylvania and New York over the next couple of days. That that I'm okay not getting uh, <laughs> April. You know, not an april fool's joke no, no. but it will be on them yes oh man i am i am really hoping to be able to go out and swing some golf clubs on saturday so that uh that's my plan at the moment um and it's looking like i might be able to so yeah singing the same thing i'm pretty <laughs> excited uh all right the the racing itself man what did you think because uh, I, I loved it i was gonna say i raved about it man i absolutely loved it yeah, I'm like, and to say, oh, look, it's a surprise. I guess if it was a huge failure, they wouldn't have had that announcement. No, I'm that with was, you. Yes, yes. They would have They would have reconsidered they, that Monday or Tuesday morning. They wouldn't have done that during the race. Yeah. Oh, look, a surprise. We're going to do it next year. Yeah. Oh, surprise. But I, I'm already, I want to be there. I do too. Uh, 100%. I'm like, I've got to be there for this. Yes. And I really hope we can be at a percent, more. percent capacity of more than 25. Absolutely. Although Absolutely. it did look like there was a pretty good crowd there Mon- um, for Monday. There yes. looked like there was a pretty decent crowd there. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I would have loved to have seen, uh, you know, because even with the rain, you know, people obviously probably didn't even bother coming to the track, probably didn't bother leaving the campsites if they were there. You know, I'm curious what that would have looked like uh, at full uh, and and during uh, scheduled times on Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, because I think it would have been great. Not that it wasn't great Monday. I, I was like, I, I was really pleased and happy to see as many people able to stick around. You know, they wanted to, you know, there's something about saying, hey, I was at the and fill in the oh, yeah. blank, you know, and, and there's been a few moments in sports that I can say I was at and, and it's cool. They're, they're great stories with friends around the bar and, and all that. And so, yeah, I totally get that. And I'm glad they were able to stick around for that. Um, and I'm with you, you know, if it, if it had been a cluster bleep, they, they would not have uh, made that announcement during the race. The uh, other numbers can- I was impressed with viewership 3.2 mil. Yes, for I, a Monday for a Monday afternoon race. You know, I I wonder if they hadn't had the uh, or if they hadn't had to have run the truck race as well. 
I wonder if they would have done the one o'clock typical Monday afternoon, just get out of here thing, or if they would have done what they did at Michigan a couple years ago, which is run a four o'clock race. Yes, people might miss the first stage driving home from work or whatever, but with the increase of people working remotely still uh, and all that, I mean, now we've got two tests of running a unscheduled race at Monday afternoon, and viewers are there. Uh, I hope that's something NASCAR may consider. I know the teams, the crew, the media, uh, TV. I know nobody else wants that, but uh, everybody at home wants that. So you know. Well, here's the thing: if you do it like this weekend, say you do want to do, say you want to do a Monday night race, and it doesn't run up against the Elite Eight. Yep. Which yep. is what you had last night. Yep. And then you do it into a weekend where you don't have anything coming up Easter weekend or the weekend before we had the Olympics break in July, August, yep. something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to say July. Yeah. Uh, but no, you, you could, yeah, you, you do, know, yeah. whether it's, and you don't have to run home and you don't have to think about, Oh, we've got to turn it around for the next race halfway across the country. Right. No. And whether it's actually scheduling or a Monday night race, or if it's just, Hey, we're going to have to run on Monday. Well, let's give people the opportunity to watch. And if we get rained out on Sunday, well, let's at least do it at four o'clock on Monday. The number I thought was surprisingly low, and I would have guessed it was higher. The streaming number um, for, like, I, I technically stream mine now because I have internet only. Sure. But uh, I guess the remote tablet or phone viewership was only 45,000. That's crazy. Yeah, that is a little low. I mean, I streamed the truck race because I had the truck race on my laptop and did work, you know, in, in the office and then came down here. So, you know, I, I wonder what the truck streaming numbers were because I definitely streamed that. I wonder if those are a little higher. But, um, yeah, that is a lot. But, hey, the TV numbers were there. That's, that's awesome. Um, all right, sir. Tonight. Elite Eight, Michigan basketball, UCLA. Um, I, I put this out there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna recap it with you. Uh, the last time Michigan played a 11 seed in the Elite Eight was against Lola Chicago, and they advanced to the Final Four. So I think history repeats itself tonight. Uh, I think Michigan is well into the Final Four. I would agree with you if they can stay out of foul trouble. Yes. And, yes. Uh, six and a half point favorites. The projections are running 80% of the time they're going to win. And the thing I like about this, and now I've even got one more going here. Two of my alma maters were in the elite eight and one just punched your ticket last night with my university of Houston Cougars. Yes. That's awesome. And who doesn't like a Cougar? But hey, my man, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, yes. And uh, all right. So, you know, I, I talked to you about it a couple weeks ago that I was nervous with livers being out. Uh, the team has stepped it up. Um, Chaudy, man, I always want to say Chauncey just because of Chauncey Billups from the Detroit yes. Pistons. Yes, but, yes. I mean, that dude, when he hits two or three in a row, man. He is on fire. He is a rebounding machine for being a, a smaller, a smaller guy out there. Um, 
Uh, Wagner is up to his game. I mean, they are the only one. My, my buddy Zalen, the only one that, if you ask my buddy Zalen, who has not upped their game, is uh, uh, Brandon Jones. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. John, uh, Jones. Yeah. Uh, I'm impressed with how. You know, I'll go the other direction. I'm impressed with how Howard is doing. Yes. And really bringing everybody in because you could have, you know, they would have made it. And like we talked a couple of weeks ago that, you know, making a sweet 16 was not going to be a, it's a big deal, but in, yeah. How do they, who do they advance against? How do they advance? Um, and if they would have played Alabama, that was my concern um, going into that. And then things have just fallen right. Uh, it's like for U of H um, they haven't played a single digit seed in the whole tournament. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 the right time. I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm look. I, I like I said, the only thing I'm not looking forward to is that I gotta, you know, I gotta maybe have an extra vodka Red Bull at ten o'clock just to get me through this thing. But uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, I mean, you know, we we might have to just get you back on and and talk about some championship appearances here in a couple weeks. Which... Oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm, this is the first. Well, the, the tournament's been different. This is the first time I'm saying okay. I have to have the television on at X time. Yes. Because I had somebody text me last night and I was working on uh, something else. And they're like, you watching the U of H game? I'm like, oh, shoot, that's now? Right. Yeah. No, I hear. Well, I tell you what. I I have been a lot more with just, you know, my $10, $20 uh, things on, on bar stools and, and all that. And uh, that's that really has upped my interest in this a lot more than brackets have in years past, oh, yeah. which I'm excited about because there's been some great basketball. Uh, you know, we look at the number of upsets that we've had in, in the first round, the second round. Um, you know, we do have a couple number ones still out there, Michigan being one of them. And, yes. um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, UCLA, you know, it, it, it'll go one of two ways. Either they, 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 they're spent from having that overtime game against Alabama, uh, or they're going to be able to carry that through that momentum. And, you know, I either think Michigan's going to, you know, be up 15 at half and 25 at the end of the game, uh, or, you know, it's, it's going to be basket for basket. I do not think there's going to be any in between on this one. I'm going to disagree with you. I think that's going to be like old school Michigan football here. It's going to be close until halftime. And then, and then Michigan's going to start slowly pulling away. <laughs> yeah, they're going to start slowly pulling away, and it's going to be three for two. It's going to be Michigan getting threes when UCLA's getting twos, or Michigan just being aggressive on the boards, and you're really taking advantage of that. Uh, hey, I'm I'm excited for tonight, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. That's for sure. Uh, all right, man. Well, like I said, you know, there's there's no forecast, so we'll we'll wrap with this. Um, your your super strong showing in lap traffic fantasy. Now there were people that were were not looking forward to me posting the results. Everyone telling me to take my time. Uh, a lot of people doubling down on Larson this weekend. Uh, but you, along with nine other people, managed to do even worse than doubling down on Larson. Um, and that was taking Christopher Bell for the cup race and Kyle Larson for the truck race, picking up a solid five points on the day. Um, and here's what I will tell you and the other uh, eight uh, players that did that. Thank you for 
not making me be the worst when a couple weeks ago at the Daytona road course over three races picking up 23 points. So thank you very much for your 1.75 points per race average there this past week. Oh, no, no. Wait a minute. There's two races. It's two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. That's right. Two and a half. <laughs> I was looking at three races. <laughs> yeah, yes. I know, I know yes. what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> I know how you do your math. <laughs> but yes. in, we said this off air when we were talking about it. I don't think I could have p- intentionally picked. No, you could anybody have, worse. You could have done like the dog picking, you know, or, you know, uh, pooping on a pooping on a table. You yeah. could have done anything <laughs> and Chicken done bingo. better than yep. actually put effort into making the picks. And that's how I've felt a couple times this this year for sure. Oh, man, that's hysterical. I love everything about that. Yeah, I might go to the chicken bingo route next time. Oh, I'm telling you. So uh, with that, you know, Newdorf has uh, upped uh, and is up (laughs) 4-3 in the head-to-head battle. But uh, you are still ahead of him points-wise 42nd uh, versus his 68th. So nicely done, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I, 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 he would be like the last in. I would be a solid ten or eleven seed. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, you'd be doing the play-in game for the eleven seed. Yet somehow oh, he'd right. still be in. So, You're right. Yeah. Man, don't, I'm he, not he going be, off on be, that tangent. He can be Saint Bonaventure. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, man. Well, hey, uh, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, enjoy the uh, Easter weekend and the the off weekend of not having to tweet about any weather. Yes. And uh, we'll catch you in a couple weeks. You will. It's great talking to you. Have you a good night. Go thanks, Blue. Man. Yes, go Blue. All right, we'll see you. Later. All right, Live Traffic Nation. Great to catch up with Aaron, as always. And we'll get Newdorf on next week for the weather at Martinsville. But right now, it is time for this week's Lucky Dog and Lap Down Picks. You guys know the drill. After the race, you can tweet your Lucky Dog and Lap Down Picks. I'll read them back on the show. Or you can call the Wave Around Hotline, 248-965-9538, and leave your picks there. Uh, my Lucky Dogs, yes, plural, of the race weekend, is Stenhouse and Suarez. I mean, just two stellar performances, no doubt about it. Lap down. I mean, it's got to go to the, the the dirt ringers, Larson and Bell. Uh, you know, just nothing wrong doing on their parts. Just some bad luck. That's all it was. All right. Let's get to your tweeted responses. Scott at 1985 Wagner's a lucky dog. Stenhouse surprise lap down Bubba Wallace running good until the cut tire uh, and his lapped or lapped traffic fantasy gamble this weekend did not work. Yep. That's that's a lot of people. Uh, let's go over to Jeff at JBev 1789 lucky dog given to Daniel Suarez for his awesome run. And the fact we're going dirt racing again in 2022. Lap down Mother Nature for making us wait an extra day or two to see NASCAR on dirt. Can't wait for this event next year. Uh, and let's see here. We got Gina at GoAlex48. Lucky dog, the fans. I love the unpredictability. Uh, dirt course ringers, lap down. Seven winners, Suarez. Uh, removing fenders, dirt everywhere. Lap down Mother Nature is a dirty pirate hooker. 
uh, with thanks and apologies to the Alex Hayden. That's that's hysterical. Uh, Eddie at Eddie underscore EG3. Lucky Dog Stenhouse worked his way to the top 10 all race long, made a late charge to score a runner-up finish at one of his best tracks, lapped down the heavy favorites Larson and Bell involved in the same crash. Lisa at LL Chanana's Lucky Dog, the fans, because I love this race, lapped down all the dirt race drivers because they all wrecked lol janet at froggy 16 lap down is poor tyler ankrum who can't catch a break no he cannot uh jess at iowa nascar fan lucky dog is logano quick learner at the track uh didn't think we'd race till tuesday lap down nascar for continuing to go to bristol during their rain season and for refusing to throw a caution when the tv window is closing unless they absolutely have to Ooh, i see what you're doing there jess mick at goducks 42 underscore mick lucky dog joy logano got it done on the dirt Lap down starting so early on a Monday. Uh, let's see here. Matt at CH9 SE fan. Lap down Larson. Definitely the lap down this week. Uh, that's it for your tweeted responses. Quick turnaround there. So not too many this week, but that's all right. We'll pick it back up after Martinsville. I'm pretty confident on that. Let's get to your calls on the Wave Around Hotline. Hi, Brandon. It's Matt at Camper News Net. I really thought with the dirt race at Bristol today, um, it absolutely, in my personal opinion, and I thought this coming into the weekend was going to be a wild card race. I honestly did not expect to see um, either um, Kyle Larson or Christopher Bell be one of the only favorites. There were where uh, everybody in that field had a shot at winning this race today, I feel, at the Bristol Dirt. And that is the expectation we got. Joey Logano, uh, you know, had a great day and was able to win it. And, you know, the, it's odd to say this, but the last two weeks, We've had whoever has been in the Fox NASCAR booth as guest analyst, whether it was for the Xfinity race or the truck race last weekend, of course, Ryan Blaney was the guest host for the um, cup and truck, uh, I'm sorry, the truck and Xfinity races in the booth in Atlanta. He won the race for the cup. And this weekend, Joey Logano in the booth for the truck race and won the cup race. It, it's just very ironic to see that. But we have, on the other hand, seven winners in seven races. I don't ever remember anything like this happening in my lifetime. And I do, I, I feel that going into Martinsville in a couple of weeks, I think there is a possibility we could see the first time this year that somebody who has already won will win the race at Martinsville. So, anyway, um, my lucky dog is going to go to Daniel Suarez. He led so many laps combined than what he did in 2020 and all of this year so far. He had a, great, a tremendous day. And, you know, I see great things coming from Daniel Suarez. And my lap time is going to go to Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson, you know, 
veterans at the dirt tracks, and unfortunately, it didn't pay off today for them, but hopefully things will turn around for both of them. So anyway, with that, enjoy your Easter weekend, Lap Traffic Nation, Brandon, and I'll talk to you in a couple weeks after the race at Martinsville. Thank you so much, Brandon. Take care. Bye. Oh, man, thanks so much for calling in. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I mean, the irony of the the guys uh, in the booth coming out and winning uh, is, is pretty funny. Uh, you know, race car drivers are superstitious to a whole nother level, and I wonder how many people are just chomping at the bit. Hey. Put me in the booth. I'm ready to go. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that's what Kevin Harvick needs is to go call one of these Xfinity races. And uh, we'll see him in victory lane and, and snap the funk that's going on over there at uh, SHR. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it's you hit it all on the head there in terms of, you know, who we thought was going to win, you know, it kind of really being in, in anybody's race. And who would have thought Joey Logano, right? Uh, so I'm with you there. Uh, thanks for calling. Look forward to hearing from you in a couple weeks after Martinsville. Uh, let's get to the next call on the Wave Around Hotline. It's the voice of the Wave Around Hotline. What's going on? Left Traffic Nation voice for Wave Around Hotline. I'm racing cans calling in after a one-week hiatus. My bad. Bristol Dirt Race. Definitely exceeded expectations. I had extremely low expectations for that race. I Maybe I didn't even have any expectations. I don't think any of us really knew what to expect, but uh, at the end of the day, I, I don't think we saw a, a bad race. Um, is this something I'd want to see once a year at Bristol? No, I personally, I'd rather have two pavement races at Bristol and potentially another dirt race at a actual dirt track. I think this conversation is kind of similar to the Roval versus a road course race. Would we rather see races at, you know, the different Rovals that some tracks have that, you know, we don't even utilize on the cup schedule, or would we rather go to actual road courses? I think most fans would rather go to road courses, but uh, for politics and business reasons, we, we can't do that. So, you know, for now, I, I Hopefully this is only a temporary thing. I know they already announced it next year, so I'm kind of on that. But we still get the Bristol Night Race, which is typically the best race of the year, or at least the top three race of the year. So I think we're all excited for that. In terms of on-track action, single groove, not a bad thing when it comes to Bristol. I don't really want to see short track races be the whole, oh, side side, great side die. I want to see cars beating the crap out of each other and crashing. And you kind of want to see a little bit of a Charlie Fox track on short track. That's what makes it so special so on to my lap down to lucky dog lucky dog daniel suarez track house pitbull justin marks that was fun man i was hoping they were going to win that would really throw a wrench into things uh in terms of the the playoffs uh lap down and kind of a lucky dog in a way because suarez didn't win it's going to be almarola that team's really got to step it up i don't really see them at this point pointing their way and they're going to need to win a race so you know, we'll see how the playoff bubble shakes out with those guys that typically point their way in. It's just yeah, another storyline to watch, and it's shaping out to be really well, fun year for that. So uh, i got a one-week Easter break. Happy Easter to those who celebrate, and uh, get uh, some more short track race at Martinsville after that. See ya. Oh, yes, Mr. Andrew Canstein. See, I love it. Do that all the time. I'm all about that. Oh, man, yes. Um, all right, where am I at with uh, what, you, what you had there? Um, 
I, I, I'm with you in terms of the, the one groove at Bristol there. Uh, I think it really worked on the dirt track, um, you know, beating, banging, you know, it, I don't want to see clean bumpers and, uh, at a short track and especially on a dirt track. And I don't mean clean in terms of dirt free. I mean, clean in terms of wreck free. So I'm with you there. hundred percent didn't bother me. They want to do this once a year. I'm all about it once a year. Let's do it. Um, you know, and I went into a big whole spiel on on why i think they're going back to bristol and all that you you, you will probably have some agreement with me and in, in what i said a little bit ago so i won't rehash that out there uh all right that is going to do it for this week's a lucky dog a lap down picks we'll fire this thing back up uh after martinsville all right it is time to close this thing out with a little lap traffic fantasy just reminder get your picks in by five o'clock eastern standard time on thursday but not this thursday because there's no race so next thursday six more cup races to go in segment one of the lap traffic fantasy league and i'm telling you this thing is not a runaway by any stretch of the imagination things are close uh let's see so here's what we're going to do because there's no race this week uh, I'll just recap where we're at, and then next week uh, we'll get our guest picker on who had the highest points, and that is Eddie uh, with the EG3 podcast. He scored 79 points with his picks of Briscoe and Stenhouse. My picks this week, 42 points, not bad, not great. Was really hoping to uh, not play the wild card of everybody else with the Larson picks. Um, and that was the right strategy. I just didn't pick the right guys. Uh, Matt Crafton didn't do too bad. Uh, Austin Dillon, though, was really expecting uh, a little stronger performance out of him. Not so much. Got 42. Uh, I'm, I'm slowly chipping away at this thing. My last few weeks, I've gone from 62nd to 55th to 37th to 36th. And I'm now in 32nd place. So I am almost to the first page of the standings uh but who who is leading the standings that's friend leclerc he's been on a tear the last couple weeks able to maintain he's in first with 689 jess rose in second with 667 henry fletcher in third with 631 jeff beaven in fourth with 626 uh michael mason in fifth 621 david mullins in sixth with 620 Michael Elliott in seventh with 614. CJ Wolliver and Carson Haglin tied for eighth with 611. Uh, John Etwinsel and Stephen Florence tied with 610 in ninth. And wrapping out the top 10 is Pete Curvin with 10 points. Uh, it's still anybody's game. It, it's mere points in between each uh, point in the standings there, which is awesome. I love the level of competition with this thing. Uh, bonus points Brett Morris, Brian Newdorf, Carson Haglin, uh, and Eddie Greer all have two uh, and then there's a long laundry laundry list of everybody with one bonus point don't forget you get bonus points if you have week high and if you tie for week high everybody gets one and if you pick the cup winner you also get a bonus point so there's the potential to earn two bonus points a week uh, but so far the bonus points have been sparse I expect that to pick up as things go on and like I said we'll recap everything uh, next week with uh, Martinsville coming up right around the corner and we'll get Eddie on to make his picks and all that good stuff but for now 
That is going to do it, Lap Traffic Nation, for episode 231 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, at LapTrafficPC. Don't forget about the giveaway, less than 170 followers to go. Huge thanks to Kevin from NASCAR, Grant Enfinger, and Aaron Studwell for calling into the show tonight. Don't forget, bonus show coming at you Thursday with Dustin Albino from jski.com. Get your questions, your topics, all that into us. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Lab Traffic Podcast. See ya!